Booksmart, enabling organisations and individuals to be disability inclusive and accessible. Hello everyone and welcome to today's podcast episode. My name is Jodie Greer and I'm the founder of Be People Smart. So as with the rest of season two, we are myth busting and the we with me today is Carly Canning. So Carly, can I get you to give us an introduction please? Sure. Hi Jodie. First of all, thanks for inviting me onto your podcast. Um, as Jodie said, my name's Carly Canning and I'm founder of the Happy Business School. Um, the Happy Business School is all about helping businesses embed a more positive culture, teaching them about the um, benefits of developing a more positive mindset and basically trying to make workplaces happier. I have to say, Carly, I love your business name. It really does what it says in the tin, but come on, who can't like the Happy Business School? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it is very much a, a does what it says in the tin. It's about helping businesses become happier. Excellent, thank you. So with that in mind, the myth we're going to be busting today is that happiness doesn't really belong in the workplace. So all this chat about it being a bit too fluffy, you know, um, basically anyone who's thought like that in the past, we're here to prove you wrong today. So before we delve right into that, I also wanted to ask you, Carly, about your personal link with disability inclusion. Yeah, sure. So um, my personal link is that I I have a disability. Um, I have rheumatoid arthritis, which I developed um, about six weeks after my daughter was born. So my um, my daughter turns um, four this summer. And um, yeah, about six weeks after she was born, I started developing um, a lot of joint pain, a lot of stiffness. Um, I was like an old lady basically trying to get up the stairs. Um, didn't really think anything of it. I'd hear from other mums that um, they had a bit of stiffness after having a baby. Mentioned it to my GP in our six week um, checkup and I think her words were something like yeah we'll keep an eye on it but you've hardly developed arthritis overnight. Um, fast forward another six weeks, um, 12 week old baby um, in with a consultant being told that I've got rheumatoid arthritis, this chronic um, condition that would need to be managed with medication um, and yeah the last few years have been a bit of a roller coaster learning to live with my disability, learning to manage it, um, trying this drug and that drug. Um, and luckily, I'm in a really good place with it now. It's it's well managed. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a journey. Um, and I guess, you know, it very much links in with and spurred me on really to launch the Happy Business School. I've had to work extra hard over the last few years to find happiness um, and I guess to be able to see my disability as I see it now which is I like to call it my superpower um, because I think it you know it's taught me so much I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without it but um, there's definitely been a lot of dark days in getting here. Thank you very much the reason I asked and I know you told me you was happy to share that in case anyone thinks I put you on the spot <laughs> um, is because another thing is a lot of people believe that you know, I, I, people are born with disabilities and um, chronic health conditions are rare and so on. Um, and actually, it can be anyone. It can be any of us at any time, which is why I always describe myself as currently non-disabled. Um, 
And I think that's such an important thing as well. But also, I just really love your positive attitude to life and to work. It's yeah, I'm hoping it's going to rub off today. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, I'm, I'm about a kind of, you know, a full picture. And yeah, I it's taken me a lot of work and a lot of time to get here. And there's definitely been a lot of challenges and a lot of struggles, a lot of work I've had to put in to see things in a more positive way. But yeah, all good at the moment. Wonderful. Thank you. So jumping right into happiness at work. um, Why should we consider happiness at work, particularly aiming this at people who see that as a bit fluffy for the workplace? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, um, yeah, you're right in your, you know, your myth. There's definitely um, a myth that needs busting around happiness and its place in the workplace. Because I think for a while, for a long time, happiness is almost a bit of a dirty word at work. We didn't go to work to be happy. We we went to work to get the job done and to get our paycheck every month. Um, and, you know, and that that mindset is definitely evolved over time I think businesses are realizing that you know people aren't robots they're not machines they've got feelings they've got lives outside of work um and I think you know there's, there's more of an interest in things like employee well-being mental health um but I guess the the perspective I'm looking at that, at it from is it's not just about reducing stress or you know helping people cope with mental illness it's about creating a positive culture so that you know it's not um there's a great quote that um health isn't the absence of disease and much in the same way that um happiness isn't the absence of misery or sadness it's much more than that it's it's taking it from that I guess that neutral stage of just being okay to positively seeking out happiness um, and, you know, there's so many benefits from a, a workplace perspective of of doing that. You know, we're in the middle of the great resignation. What a great way to stand out from the other businesses that might be trying to also attract staff and to say, you know, we we invest in our people's happiness. We care that our people are happy. We want a happy workplace. So I think it's a great tool to attract and retain staff. Um, but, the, you know, the science behind it, I'm really into the, the science of the positive psychology, the neuroscience behind happiness. And the science tells us that the benefits of happiness in the workplace in particular are so vast. You know, it makes people more productive. It reduces sickness and burnout and staff turnover. But more than that, it makes people more creative. It makes them more accurate. It even makes them more analytical and I think you know in in this day and age in 2022 we need to do more than just offer attractive pay packages it needs to be a a more all-round experience for for employees I think there's an expectation that that people are happy at work it's really interesting I was reading an article only this morning actually a Harvard Business Review article and talked about the joy gap so this is the, the 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 gap between what people expect and what they experience and and the survey said that um 90 percent of people expect to experience a substantial degree of joy at work but only 37 percent do so that that's a 53 percent joy gap that's actually huge yeah 
and I really love what you say. And one of the many reasons I was really looking forward to our chat today um, is that for me, the synergies between happiness at work and inclusion and that sense of belonging at work are so, you know, they're so clear to me. There's such an interlink. Um, and so it'd be amazing to, you know, to feel part of that culture, to feel like you can be as much of yourself as you're, you know, happy to be. Um, to feel that it's respected, embraced and all that kind of stuff. And the happiness really, yeah, it, it's like a real key part of that. Yeah, I think so. It comes down to that, you know, that expectation that employees in 2022 have. And inclusion is definitely part of that package. People want to feel that they can be their true selves when they, they turn up at work. And, you know, I talk about the, the in my training about the the benefits of social connections and the importance of cultivating, nurturing those social connections at work. And if you're wearing some kind of mask and you're not being your true self, it's really hard to form those meaningful social connections that we know are so important to being happy at work. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know um, because of some comments and studies that I've seen recently, but that culture can also really differ, though, country by country. So in some countries, it's deemed inappropriate, full stop, to be, you know, your real true self outside of your household, outside of your close friends and family. Um, but certainly in other countries like the UK, like the US, um, people want to feel that they can be themselves. People want to feel included. So I guess you we do need to be aware that, you know, one size doesn't fit all, but to give organisations the tools and the ability to give their staff what they need. Yeah, I mean, we spend so long at work, you know, it's, it's such a significant part of our lives that, you know, if you if you can't be your true self at work, you know, that's a huge part of your life that you're not able to um to be who you are and and that means um you know being in an environment where you feel included you feel valued you feel respected um you know and it all fits in with that building a, a happier more positive culture I think when you've got a business that has values that include things like putting importance on inclusion then of course that's going to lead to a, a more positive culture yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, company culture can different to um, geographical culture, if you like. Um, and ultimately, you know, if you care about your people, then you're going to get a lot more loyalty and you're going to get more productivity out of it. Absolutely. So let's talk about some reality now then. What does it really mean? How do workplaces start to build a happier, more inclusive culture? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think one of the first things that um, is really important is for businesses to put employee happiness and workplace happiness higher up the priority list. Um, I think, you know, hopefully there wouldn't be many business leaders out there who would say that happiness at work isn't important to them. But there's a difference between saying that it's important and doing something about it to proactively encourage a happier workplace so I think yeah moving it up the agenda moving it up the priority list is definitely um, where things need to start um, I also think leading by example is so important um, so 
you know work workplace in, environment and the workplace cultures is really important and what we know from the science is that those that work the longest hours certainly aren't the people who are necessarily doing the best work so just because you work from you know the crack of dawn and your last one leaving the office you're probably not giving the best work you're probably not producing the best work because you're probably exhausted a lot of the time so it's all well and good businesses say you know that's not what we expect of our people we don't expect you to be in first thing and, and leaving late at night if your leaders aren't doing that if they're not leading by example it's really hard to change that culture and I think there's lots of things around you know encouraging more positive mindsets it needs to start at the top leaders need to walk the walk and and lead by example yeah and you're making me think there as well that it's kind of similar to disability inclusion I think there's also a piece around not only leading by example but for instance if you want to actually change a business culture you need to explicitly communicate what that means the value the expectations because otherwise it can basically turn into like a, a line manager lottery so over there they're actually really happy because they've got this line manager that gets it and you know they went on the two-day course or whatever it was that um, they decided to do for their business and yet the, over here on the other side of the floor people are you know overworked understimulated um feel underappreciated because their ways of working as a team are completely different and i think that's where that explicit communication plays such a massive part not making an assumption or hiding it on an intranet somewhere yeah i think i think you're right and that i guess comes back to the you know the moving it at the agenda suddenly you know it's not just moving it at, at the agenda for um you know the exec team it's moving it the agenda for everyone your middle managers your team leaders so everyone's on the same page in terms of valuing this not seeing it as a nice fluffy you know tick in the box for the well-being thing you know seeing it as something that the business is committed to and everyone is really clear on that and I think you know when you start communicating it in that way people start buying into it a, li a, li a little bit more you know and if your leadership population is really clear on the value and why you're doing these things and I think that's that's really important to, to check back in and that's why I like the the sciencey bit of it because people start to understand then why we're doing it they start to understand the benefits of being happier at work and that it's not just about you know a nice tick in the the, the well-being box so when they get that employee survey you know they're they're marking them a, a you know a 10 for cultural well-being or whatever it's you know it's seeing happiness as a business tool as something that is part of your um toolkit for being a successful business I think when you shift that mindset yes it will tick your well-being box people will feel a lot better at work they'll they'll probably stay with you longer and work a lot harder um you know but the benefits are are vast you know the, the benefits of investing in it as a business tool that gives you that drives the success really of your of your business yeah and I mean learning more from you um I've also learned it doesn't have to be over complicated does it no it really really doesn't um and I think you know one of the things you can do 
is just look at small changes you can make. So one of the things we can do is just understand a bit more about how our brain works. I think, you know, there's there's not enough education in the workplace or outside of the workplace, really, um, around getting people to understand how their mind works. But I think, you know, outside of the workplace, I think we're, we're getting there a lot faster. I think people are starting to realise the value of, um, you know, mindset. There's lots of talk about growth mindsets, cultivating a more positive mindset, but we don't necessarily bring that into the workplace. But actually, lots of that stuff we see outside of the workplace, we can start infusing into the workplace setting. So, you know, people used to think that you were either an optimist or a pessimist and you couldn't do anything about that. And I think people are starting to understand now that actually you can train your brain just like you train your body at the gym. You can do things to um, cultivate more of a a growth mindset. You can, you know, you can take control. And I think it's when you start looking at your own um, brain and starting to tap into how it works. So actually, you know, how does your brain work when things are going well? How does your brain work when you're under pressure or you're stressed? What are your kind of red flags for, you know, actually moving from being okay to being stressed? And how does that manifest itself? So part of it is definitely becoming a bit more in tune with that and I talk about it in terms of you know planning your working week out as well so understand when you're most creative when you concentrate best because if you can manage your week better you're probably likely to be happier because you'll be feeling more productive you'll be feeling that you're getting stuff done so even just tapping into actually do you know what mornings tend to be my creative time so that's when I'm going to do my more creative tasks or you know earlier in the week is where I've got more kind of brain space and you know I can sit down if I need to really concentrate on something quite in depth I'm better off doing that towards the beginning of the week so really just tapping into how your mind works is a really great first step then we can start to do things to create more of that growth mindset so I'm a big fan of journaling and I think journaling outside of the workplace um, has been around for a while now but um, I think if I went into most workplaces and said you need to buy everyone a journal and encourage them to journal they'd go what are you talking about so don't necessarily talk about it I don't necessarily call it journaling in my training but you know just writing things down so um, you know much like you go to the gym and you do reps of whatever exercise it is to you know work that particular muscle you think of journaling or just writing things down in the same way so one exercise you can do is to look back over the past day and write down three positive things and it might seem a bit silly it might feel a bit kind of you know not very natural to do that first of all and you wonder why but you keep doing it day on day on day on day and you'll start training your brain to see things more positively, to spot the positive things over the negative. And it's realising that small things like that can can really kind of begin to shift the dial. Now, I'm not saying that just by writing down three positive things a day, you're suddenly going to become happy at work. It's part of that that work just like you know just because you go to the gym and do um 10 sit-ups every day doesn't mean you're going to get a six pack it's part of everything else you know getting a six pack is part of 
eating a good diet, moving regularly, all those kind of things. It's not just about doing some sit-ups, just in the same way that, you know, journaling or writing things down is part of a package of things that you can do. But just starting to do that one thing will start shifting the dial. No, I mean, it's not something I've tried. I might actually give it a go. Um, but it makes sense. And I think that's what's nice is when things feel kind of common sense or logical, um, it helps to resonate uh, with the masses. But something else you made me think about when you were um, just talking, actually, is a message I'm always giving to businesses is about line manager training. And what I mean by that is I mean educating people to be people managers. We give, you know, people a pay rise, half a dozen um, direct reports, and all of a sudden they're just a brilliant people manager. And life doesn't work like that. And for me, I mean, obviously, I tend to speak about it specifically from a disability inclusion or maybe a more general inclusion perspective. Um, but Happy Business School would play such a great part in that kind of training as well, um, because we do need people to understand people. That might sound like a strange statement, but it's so true. And I've seen it so many times. It goes back to what I was saying about being a line manager lottery that you'll get some people, it's just kind of a natural attribute. It's something that they, you know, they're passionate about, so they kind of get it. And so that they're very personable, they're very open, they're flexible and all those kind of things. And then the person on the other side of the floor really isn't, they don't really get it. They're very commercial, um, you know, commercial mindset, not so much the personable side. And maybe it's just not something they've been taught to do. And it's not something that does come naturally. So why wouldn't we teach them that part of their job? Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of um, misconceptions about what what it is to be a leader. And, and certainly if it's your first leadership role, you know, you might have loads of misconceptions, either from your own head or from your experience around what that means. And I think for a lot of people, it means that they feel that they've suddenly got to morph into somebody that isn't them they are still the same person. You're still talking about person to person interactions. Just because you've got some line management responsibility for someone doesn't mean that you suddenly have to change yourself into something that you're not. And I think there's there's a lot more acceptance that, um, you know, vulnerability, for example, is a really important leadership skill. Um, so, you know, not feeling that you've got to have this mask on if you're you're a leader and you can only behave in in certain ways and I think you know you get a lot more out of your team members if you can be human and part of being human is is showing your true self as well and you know opening up about your flaws and your struggles I think that can really develop um, a meaningful relationship you know and being honest when you're you know not feeling that you have to have all the answers yeah just being being human and valuing um yeah valuing the value of of being a human as, and not thinking that having a leader title changes that I love that and a lot of what we're trying to do at Be People Smart is literally put more human centricity into the workplace so I feel like we're on a we're on the same page for sure um Something I will need to ask you is my magic question, which I ask all of our guest speakers. So if you've been listening, you'll probably know what's coming. Um, if you had a magic wand, Harry Potter style, and you could wave it to change 
one thing that would make workplaces happier, what would you change? I would definitely put it higher up the the agenda. I would um, I would wave a magic wand to create a world where leaders valued and invested in their own happiness and the happiness of their people and it was just an integral part you know whether it be training like mine or something similar was an integral part of of business yeah no I love that and um I'd love to give you that magic wand I don't have the power to do that so what I will ask you though is what would you really like people to take away from this episode to enable improvements to start today um I guess just become a bit more interested in your own happiness you know even you know if you manage people ask your people how happy they are and keep asking them become in tune with the happiness of your teams your own happiness um start getting in tune with your brain and the way that your brain works um have a go with something called reframing so reframing is is a psychology term and it means looking at things in a in a different way, in a different perspective. So, um, you know, challenge your own thinking and just become curious about um, about happiness and, you know, start to read up about it. You know, there's there's so many resources out there when you start looking for them about, you know, cultivating a more positive mindset, thinking about things like growth mindset. And then there's all the little happiness boost stuff that you can do, things like meditation, exercise, committing an act of kindness um even just looking forward to something gives you a little happiness boost so yeah just take more of an interest in in your own happiness realize that um so we think that external factors are what determine our happiness but actually 90% of our long-term happiness is determined by internal factors so that's things like mindset so even just having that knowledge and understanding that you can do something about that you can cultivate a more positive mindset you can be in control of your own happiness I think that's a really powerful message hopefully for people to take away it is a very powerful message and you know what I don't think I've ever had a conversation where we've used the words happy and happiness so much (laughs) it's it's actually been a really positive thing even for me I say even for me because obviously I get to have this chat um but Ultimately, all my head keeps saying is, who wouldn't want to be happy? Who wouldn't want to aim for happiness? But there's them words again. But it, it it just seems so logical now. It does. But I think that, you know, there's so many, from a business perspective, there's so many competing priorities. And I think it just, it's just not high enough up the list for people. I think, yeah, hopefully, as I said at the start, nobody would say that they don't want to have happy people but it's not just sitting back and expecting that to happen naturally or thinking because you get an ice cream van in once a month or pay for some free yoga classes that that's going to make everyone happy. It takes a concerted effort. Yeah, I have to say I've had the experience before because in my past life, I actually worked in property and you've had leaders that genuinely meant the best. But for instance, they've introduced new solutions like table football um, that really fell quite flat because it wasn't after engagement with anyone you know in the space or anyone within their teams and it was a a nice idea they had but actually in reality it was on the office floor it was kind of noisy nobody wanted to be that person and actually some people just 
didn't particularly like table football. So I think that collaboration piece is also so important to what does happiness mean to you and what would make you happier in a workplace? Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's yeah. And hopefully if you've got good, strong relationships within your team and you've got a, a culture of openness and good communication, hopefully you wouldn't think that you'll just do something that, you know, is only going to please a small um, percentage of the people or it's a bit of a knee joke it's almost a bit of a panic isn't it sometimes I think that you know employers think they need to do something to make people happier and they think oh I know what I'll do I'll, I'll go and buy a ping pong table or I'll go and buy a football um, a table football table because they just want to do something and you know in one respect points for effort you know at least you're thinking about doing something to make the workplace happier but actually it, it, it you're probably looking in in the wrong direction it's it's much more about creating that positive culture, valuing things like positive mindset, but also, um, you know, making an environment where people feel able to do their best work. So that's partly about inclusivity. It's partly about listening to people, making sure they've got the tools that they need to do their job, you know, good channels of, of communication. It's all those things that are are much more deep rooted and probably take a bit more effort than just buying a football table. But you know, that's where you're going to get your your results. And that's where you're going to change and make your workplace happier. That's brilliant. Um, and I'm certainly not knocking anyone for caring. But um, it is so important that we actually talk to people. Talking of talking to people, how do people find you, Carly, and more information on the Happy Business School? So um, I post quite a lot on LinkedIn. So um, under if you search for Carly Cannings, you'll find me on LinkedIn. And I'm also on Instagram. I started posting some um, reels recently with some tips and tricks about boosting your happiness. And on Instagram, I'm at the Happy Business School. Excellent. And we can share some links, of course, when the um, episode airs so people can't miss you. Um, so I guess so much food for thought. I think people hopefully will now really recognise the true value in happiness at work. Um, maybe also thinking about how they can be happier at work, which would be amazing. Um, so, yeah, Carly, I just want to thank you for your time today and all of your insights that, um, yeah, I've, I've been scribbling away myself as well, because I, I think the three things a day possibly could be a new little introduction. But yeah thank you so much you're welcome it's been a real pleasure Jodie thank you so much wonderful and of course thank you to all of our listeners I hope you are feeling happier after today and certainly can take some learnings away to continue being happier every day thank you so much thank you for listening to this podcast episode we really hope you enjoyed it please rate us and leave us a review we really want to know what you think and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the amazing guest speakers we have lined up.